The Alphas are proud to initiate the creation of ETAF, Emerging Technology Alpha Funds Federation. Under the leadership and vision of Dr. Paul Dominique, ETAF is a federation of funds that will invest in emerging technologies, especially in the telehealth industry. The raison d'etre of ETAF is to empower the startup and technologies of tomorrow to emerge strong and liberal post-COVID. Dr. Dominique and his team are dedicated to support the best technologies out there while looking to bring down the cost of medical and dental procedures. Our goal is to democratize and to empower healthcare. Telehealth is a prominent vertical at ETAF. Cryptocurrencies, fintech, personal growth and psychedelics are other verticals that ETAF will empower. If you want to be part of the leaders of tomorrow, reach out. ETAF, Emerging Technologies Alpha Funds Federation. Welcome to the Alphas. Hi, I'm Dr. Back. Welcome to the Alphas. A year ago, we started a crazy journey. It was COVID, everybody was stuck home, we were benched, and then we started connecting. Within a year, it's amazing the kind of friendship and progress that we've done. Last year on the Alphas, Dr. Back recorded two series of podcasts, Million Dollar Mindset, 40 episodes, and The Alpha Show, 30 episodes. Within The Alphas, he co-wrote and published six books with two more to follow soon. Aftermath, April 2020, written with Dr. Eric Lacoste. Relevancy, May 2020, with co-author Dr. Paul Ouellette and many Alpha guest authors. Midas Touch, June 2020, with co-author Dr. Julio Reynafaja and Dr. Paul Ouellette. The Power of DR, June-July 2020, in collaboration with the Global Summit Institute founded by Dr. Kian Ashar, with co-author Dr. Pavel Krastev and many guest authors. The Modern Woman, August 2020, with co-author Dr. Emily Letran and guest author Sharon Lecter. Touchstone, November 2020, with co-author Dr. Ken Sarota. All these books are available on Amazon, Apple Books and at Barnes & Noble. We wrote The Future and the hope of this industry, the dental industry. A year ago, we were strangers. Today, we are partners. Today, we're your anchors. The office has built up the reputation throughout the world to thrive on leadership and innovation. And it's my privilege to announce to you that we'll be announcing the creation of a federation of funds from the Alpha Summits and Talks, we are proud to announce the creation of an investment fund federation, ETAF. The Alpha was also the scene for a huge merge of tens of millions of dollars with the buyout of Coldwell Banker Quebec. This year, we are announcing the creation of AMP. Alpha Merger Protocol to help companies and CEO to bring their company public, not through IPO but through SPAC's Special Purpose Acquisition Company. On this Dr. Back just accepted to join forces with one of the leading telehealth company in the USA to bring them to market. And guess what? We are just warming up. Unfortunately, we don't like to read that much anymore. 
So we create a new format, the combo format. Combo meaning that you have the paperback version, but also you will have access to the audio version of that book. By today, we're the only one in the world having this kind of combo. They are distributed by Amazon and Barnes & Noble. In the same time, Dr. Back has developed and launched successfully a new platform to enjoy books and stories, UAX, streaming on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music and all major streaming outlet. Mainly it's a movie without image. Developed to entertain you and to stimulate your visual cortex throughout the reading of an audiobook. And we're not done yet. This has been a great year with the release of five albums distributed by all major music outlets. Five albums out. Streaming on Apple Music, Spotify and Amazon Music. In the meantime, Dr. Back scored the new world record of writing 72 books within 36 months and he did that with 10 days in advance. You know what? Voice Noble has picked up on a trend. Today, they're publishing our book within days after they hit with Amazon. So even this will be accessible to you. Because Dr. Back has become a publishing company too. Yes, we will sharing with you our secrets and our tools, opening up to you the Alpha Protocols, a way to write your book within 24 hours of your working time, and publishing them within a month to Amazon, Apple Books, Kindle and Barnes and Noble. I wrote, by hand, 1.16 million words. But you won't have to. The Alpha Protocol will be available to everyone by 2022. In 2021, it will be available exclusively to support CEOs and companies' founders to help them prepare their road to IPO and mergers. On this, I am so glad to announce to you that I'll be starting my journey of taking 50 grand in a portfolio and try to bring it to a million. Follow his journey in Cryptoconomy 101. This will be a book, but also a blog and part of the Million Dollar Mindset podcast. Writing books brought me to meet so many people. And those people are all bringing their part of knowledge on the table. Oh, and one last thing. Dr. Back is right now at his 88th book. He is running to set the next world record of writing 100 books within four years. He will have until the end of August this year to set his new world record. If last year was crazy, this year promised to be even better. I can't wait to see what you'll be doing with our tools. I can't wait to hear your story, your hope, your dreams. Because if there's one thing we learned throughout this crisis is COVID brought us closer together. Celebrate with us the first anniversary of the Alphas. I'm Dr. Bai. Welcome to the Alphas. And what is a SPAC? It's a way for you to bring your company to the public market without going to the traditional role. With this, our special guest, Josh Smith, has started something new in Canadian soil called the G Corp. Mr. Smith is the president of the Neo Exchange. He has 25 years in the financial industry, both in Canada and internationally. Mr. Smith is today with us to talk about the G Corp. Mr. Schmidt, welcome to the show. I believe that my intuition was very brief. Can you help me do you justice and reintroduce yourself? <laughs> that would be my, my pleasure. I can tell you a little bit the story of NEO and it will then guide us towards uh, specs and, and, and G-Corps. Yes, uh, over 25 years of experience in the industry. Now is over 30. It's all good uh, 
good experience in my, my story is a story of exchange. I have been involved with setting up multiple exchanges uh, and been active in Europe, in, in the US, in Asia, and, and most recently in Canada. NEO, which is the stock exchange that I founded several years ago, is, is probably, in my eyes, the, the culminating point of all those initiatives. This exchange, which started operations pretty much six years ago, almost on the dot, came with a totally different set of values. There was a view that stock exchanges internationally, but in Canada, maybe even more than in other parts of the world, lost touch with the investors, lost touch with the capital raisers, with the asset managers, and focused much more on their own shareholder value, which I can get because they became private public companies around 2000, but they lost that touch with the investor and, and the capital raisers and doing a lot of things which I think are detrimental to investors, detrimental to capital raisers. And we said, we need a new exchange. We need an exchange that is going to look at things in a different way. And that is fundamentally the genesis of NEO. Everything we do at NEO is tested against how is this going to benefit the investor? How is it going to benefit the capital raiser? How is it going to benefit the asset manager that is looking to raise capital through our exchange? It translates itself in, in many features, a very unique approach to, to trading where we protect long-term investors from predatory trading strategies. It translates itself in a market data a model where we make market data available at extremely affordable costs. We still don't charge any market data fees for our own listings. A, a model to help companies to go public, which is, is really focusing on their success, telling them what they need to think about, the pros and the cons of the different ways to go public, even saying to companies, don't go public if you're not ready for it, which is unique. Exchanges are always pushing companies to go public and, and I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective. Is this the right moment for you in the life cycle of your company to go public or should you look at, at other initiatives? That is a bit to the exchanges and, and behind us we have some very solid backers, organizations that believed in the need for change and the need for a different exchange and that include large pension funds like OMAS, like PSP, large uh, mutual funds manufacturers like CI, like IGM. It includes RBC and it includes Barclays and, and I can continue. So a great group of people who said we want to see change and that is what 
NEO is about. We are now six years in. And I would say that we made some great progress. We represent about 15, 1-5% of all trading in Canada, which is quite unique in, in a six-period time frame for an exchange or marketplace to achieve that. That really comes from that quality of execution, that focus on quality liquidity that we are always working on. We have over 140 listings, exchange-traded funds, corporates, lots of acceleration in the corporate space. People have been very impressed with some of our successes that we had the one that has been a pivotal listing for us was a biotech firm, psychedelics inspired biotech firm called Mind Medicine. And our data is available everywhere in the world. And we're working on new ideas and new solutions continuously, always with those same values and principles in the back of our, of our mind. So that is NEO in a nutshell. And uh, I think still lots ahead of us, lots of opportunities ahead of us to bring change, to make things better, to make our capital markets better, because I think that we need to do things like, uh, I think Canada is a country of lots of, of opportunities, lots of potential, but I don't find we always execute upon it properly. And I think as an exchange, we can play a very important role in, in, in enabling. Country of opportunity. I love this. <laughs> my, my first question to you is, since we know that 2020, the COVID hit us and the monster coming into the market, it's called a SPAC. By March this year, it was close to 200 billion in that space. How would the new capitalize on that new trend called SPAC? The SPAC concept has, has in fact been around for a while. It didn't take off the way that it has taken off. You really started to see it going in, in 19, uh, very big in, in 20, very big in, in 21. In Canada, the Toronto Stock Exchange tried to list specs uh, also. And the experience was not very good. The experience was not positive. Uh, it didn't result in good transactions. Uh, some were abandoned. In 2018, 2019, we were big believers in spec. We saw a very interesting vehicle over there, and we decided to focus on the, that market. Today, uh, NEO is, is, is probably a SPAC exchange in, in Canada. I think we must be at uh, 11, 12 SPAC listings that we've done. Uh, we've seen some of them turning into some very interesting and, and, and great uh, uh, transactions uh, with, with the companies going public afterwards and, and sizable companies that, that are listed uh, over there. The spec is a vehicle like many other ways to go public. If you go public, I, I, I don't know if you took the time to, to think a bit about what all the options are, but when you go public, the one that everyone knows that everyone talks about is an IPO, uh, an initial public off offering where the company just announces that it's uh, going to go public and raises capital in parallel to that, does a lot of marketing. The IPO is a very interesting model. It creates a lot of visibility around the company. You've got to do a lot of marketing. You do that until you effectively start trading the security. With the AMP Alpha Merger Protocols, Dr. Back and Alpha Experts will be advising and helping companies and startups to join the big leagues, aka the stock market. It is the dream of most entrepreneurs to see their company traded in the stock market and to have access to the necessary resources to grow their company and vision. 
Through SPAC, special purchase acquisition companies, which have the favor of Wall Street and of the investment community, Dr. Back and experts at the Alphas will be prepping companies to successfully merge with a SPAC. In other words, to be traded on Wall Street. The mandates are on a one-on-one -on -one basis. More and more experts and alphas of the financial world are joining in for this particular purpose. If you have a company and are looking for the ultimate evolution, if you are a startup in the era of digitalization and are looking at huge market and still looking for capital, reach out. You are the next big thing. We are helping you to acquire the funds to make it so. Hundreds of billion of dollars are waiting to be invested as we speak. Welcome to the alphas. After accumulating world records writing books and developing strategic partnership with Apple Books, Apple Music, Amazon, Kindle and Amazon Music, Barnes & Noble, and Spotify, Dr. Back is proud to share his tools and connections with all of you. For those looking to write a book and to be distributed by the giants of the books and music industries, Dr. Back is bringing to you the Alpha Protocols. The Alpha Protocols are a series of protocols allowing entrepreneurs, visionaries and leaders to narrate their thoughts into books, audiobooks combo, UAX and more. If Dr. Back wrote more than 1.2 million word by himself, you won't have to, thanks to the Apollo Protocol. You don't even have to be a writer. With the Apollo Protocol, we are bringing you from an interview and 24 hours of your working time to a book distributed by Amazon and Apple Books within 30 days. From there you will have access to elevate your book to the other protocols available. The Echo Protocol will empower each author distributed by Dr. Back Publishing Company to have an audio version produced and to be available on combo paperback, audiobook format, distributed exclusively by Amazon and Barnes & Noble. The UAX Protocol is the ultimate upgrade of your book, elevating your book to blockbuster status, streaming with the artists on Apple Music, Spotify and Amazon Music. This is your bridge to the pop culture and to make your content contemporary. The Alpha Protocols are available through the services offered by Emotive World Inc. Welcome to the Alphas. Downside of the IPO is it's fairly costly and there's uncertainty because you're never 100% sure what price are you effectively going to list. That's going to depend on the demand and how that entire IPO process uh, un unfolds. And that, that uncertainty sometimes holds people back from doing it. We've seen people pulling IPOs because the market was not good. I think that if, if you look at the last six months, or the last nine months, maybe even I would say, we've been in a very 
strong market. We've been in a frothy market. And I think a good market for IPOs. We've definitely seen a lot of interesting IPOs in, in the growth space that, that were successful. But it, it's one model. The, the other model that you have to go public is what is called a direct listing. public, but you don't raise capital. The best known example is probably Spotify in the US a couple of years ago went public with a direct listing, didn't raise capital. And why do they do that? They do it because they want to give liquidity to their existing shareholders. A direct listing for me, you do it when you have a good shareholder base because you're not raising additional capital. You're not expanding your distribution and your shareholders. You have to be cautious with that because if you don't have a lot of shareholders, you're not going to have liquidity. Direct listing also, if you're not a well-known name like Spotify, uh, you're going to have less visibility amongst the investor community. So I think it's interesting when you have visibility, a good shareholder base, you don't need to raise capital and you want to give liquidity to your to your existing uh, shareholders. Third model, very common in Canada, is what we call the uh, RTO, uh, reverse takeover. Where a company goes uh, public, by taking over a reporting issuer, a shell company, as we call it, an empty company that is already potentially listed or maybe not, but that is recognized as a reporting issuer that is registered with the securities regulators. And usually it comes with a private placement just before that transaction takes place. So this is typically a model that we see a lot in Canada. It comes with additional raising of capital. It has less visibility again than an IPO because you don't do that same big marketing towards the outside world. So you have to be cautious about that. You have to accompany it with some good IR work, with some good communication, PR, make sure that you create noise and, 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 and awareness around the company. Big benefit, cost is a little bit lower to do it. And you, you also have certainty because you do your private race before you do the go public through the RTO. So that's an interesting benefit over there. And then the last model is, is the SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporation. So that is a separate vehicle that is being set up. It's a very clean vehicle. It is typically initiated by a number of what we call sponsors, which are people with a lot of experience in raising capital, in running companies, in operating companies. And the SPEC model is a vehicle that leverages the expertise and, and the reputation of those founders, if you want, those sponsors, and then raises money. And that money that it raises is then available to do a transaction. Like they're going to do an acquisition or they're going to do eventually a merger with an existing private company. What is nice about the vehicle in comparison with other vehicles that are used, for example, within the frame of reverse takeovers, it's a very good vehicle for the investors because when you invest in a spec, your money is put in escrow. And that menu will only be made available if there's a transaction taking place. If there's no transaction, the money goes back to the investor. So the investor is really protected, which is very different from when you have 
a vehicle that you may have heard about, uh, typically used for RTOs like a CPC, which is listed on venture exchanges or, or shell companies where there's no protection really in there for the investors. When the spec is, is listed, often it comes with a team. It says it, it wants to focus on a certain area. It can be technology, it can be uh, uh, biotech, it can be gaming, whatever it is, it can be mining. And then they start looking at opportunities and, and, and trying to find a, a good uh, transaction. For the private companies that talk with specs, it's not only a way to go public, it's also a way to get access to a substantial injection of capital, which is that money that is within that that spec is then being uh, injected in the new entity. The resulting issuer is, is going to be quite well capitalized. So great vehicle for growth companies. And what, what we see also, it's, it comes with, uh, again, certainty because, you know, the money is there. You, you may do a private placement in parallel if it's a very big transaction to uh, have more capital to, uh, to bring in. But it comes with, with certainty when you go public, the price is defined, the transaction is defined, the money is there. And I, I would, however, say, like I said, for the RTO, like I said, for the direct listing, be careful. Uh, it's not like an IPO where you go public in force, where you have to do a lot of marketing. So it's more restricted. So you have to make sure that you accompany it with good marketing, good communication, good IR strategies. If you look at the spec, however, in the US, specs are, are typically very big. The capital that they raise is substantial. And if I look at the average size of capital raised in, in the neolisted specs, it's about 270 million US dollars. So that's the capital that's available to, uh, to enable transactions. And when you look at that amount, it is clear that the private companies that you're going to target are going to be large. You're looking at private companies are probably going to be in excess of, of a billion dollar with, with that kind of capital. But that is great. And that uh, a lot in the US, big transactions taking place, enormous specs sometimes uh, coming in. But the, 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 the big difference between Canada and, and the US is how many large private companies are there that can be enabled by a spec of that size. And there's lots of them in the US, and we've seen a lot of transactions. There's far less in Canada. And that is where we came with that idea. Let's come with a, a new type of spec, a smaller spec. And we called it the G Corp, the Growth Acquisition Corporation. Dr. Back is proud to bring to you a new way to enjoy, purchase, and collect your books. We all love the convenience to have a book read to us as we are driving, biking, or jogging through an audiobook. But then we all want to have a printed copy to display on our shelves to keep track of the books we've read. Dr. Back through Emotive World Inc. is proud to bring to you the combo format, exclusively available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. People purchasing a paperback copy from Dr. Back's library will receive both the printed book and have access to an audiobook version streaming online. By today, Dr. Back is the only one with this format. Look for the combo paperback audiobook stamp. Emotive World will make the combo format available to all the authors who would like to be distributed by Dr. Back Publishing Company in partnership with Emotive World Incorporated. Welcome to the Alphas.
In a wolf pack or in a human society, an alpha is a leader that does not fear to pave the way for the whole group to move forward and to be empowered. They take the lead in spite of themselves, they learn and grow every step of the way and by doing so, they inspire a movement. Behind these leaders, there is a story, a dream, a journey. Ahead of them, there is a purpose. What is it that drives them and keeps them going? What motivates them to keep inspiring the world through their accomplishments? International counselor Brenda Garcia takes you through the stories of these leaders, and as she gets to know the men and women behind the titles as they open up about their paths and their aspirations. This is Alpha Touch, a humane and sincere discussion with international role models from all fields, who have one thing in common, they dare to dream big. Learn from unique journeys, get inspired. Feed your legend. Welcome to the Alphas. That one focuses on private companies with an enterprise value between 50 million and, and, and half a billion. The amount raised in those vehicles is, is going to be more in the area of, you know, 10 to, to 30 million. And again, you can you do a transaction, you can accompany that with a private placement. But what it's, it's doing, it's really opening up something that we have in Canada, which is that big amount of mid-sized growth companies. Like we have lots of mid-sized growth companies in Canada. Don't have a lot of extremely large growth companies, but a lot of mid-sized growth companies, good companies that are struggling to find capital, that are struggling to find the right support and the right help, and working in a partnership with a G Corp, bringing in the expertise of the founders behind it, bringing in the capital is something that can really enable them, you know, to become the blue chips of, of tomorrow. And that is why we, we did it. Again, you can see it's driven by that desire that NEO has to, to, to come with solutions that, that allow companies to be successful in raising capital and going public. The, the other element that's interesting about the G-Corp is that you will also see a vehicle that is going to be much more accessible to the general public. If you look at specs, large amounts, typically big private equity firms put a lot of money in there and not much room for what I would call smaller investors, whether they are high net worth individuals, whether they are advisors, whether they are uh, smaller family offices. What we do with the G Corp, we make it more accessible because the, the very big players, it's going to be too small for them. So that means that you open up really the door to a new community of investors and you allow them also to benefit from the opportunities that these types of acquisition corporations represent. We're very excited about this. I think there's a lot of potential in the Canadian market. I hope we're going to see our first listings emerging in the coming days and, and weeks. Uh, there's a solid uh, pipeline of, of people who want to launch these types of, of vehicles. And I think it can be great for growth companies, it can be great for our economy, it can be great to, uh, to create uh, some of the Canadian blue chips of, of tomorrow to the benefit of employment in, in, in general, of course. Very exciting development for us.
Is the GE Corp just available in Canada? It's a purely Canadian uh, vehicle. We had some interest also coming out of the US and out of Europe. So parties that think it's a very innovative, very unique vehicle. It, it targets a specific segment of the market, which is ignored. And, and, and a tough segment when you raise capital, right? because when, when you look at that raising capital, and it's particularly true in Canada, seed capital is easy to find. But as soon as you start to get in your series A's and B's and, and, and C's, that is where you have that risk capital gap in Canada. We have a problem to find capital and, and there's ways to do it, but this is definitely a new vehicle that is going to fuel that risk capital gap or help reducing that risk capital gap in Canada. It's not available anywhere else. As I said, there's interest. There's some US sponsors that are looking at it, some European ones, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to go beyond our frontiers and, and, and do more than you know, only look at uh, Canadian investors and Canadian opportunities. I think there's definitely opportunities internationally. You said that the G Corp is straight on the NEO, which this is Canadian. But can foreign investor invest in the G Corp in Canada? Absolutely. Uh, we see that happening uh, already. So there's a couple of initiatives from some interesting asset managers, sponsors in the US who want to launch the G Corps in Canada. We see some interest out of Europe also. So I think we're going to see some international activity there also. And that's great because that is bringing in additional capital into Canada that can be allocated to Canadian opportunities, but could also potentially be allocated, of course, to to international opportunities. We become a bit of a point of concentration, a focal point where that vehicle has been created and where it will allow those capital flows to move through Canada. You said that this also can be accessible for international opportunities. Does that mean that a G Corp can merge with a U.S. company, for example? Absolutely. Like we've seen it with SPACs also, the G Corp could definitely do a merger with a U.S. or European company. There's no, no restrictions or no limitations from that perspective, yeah. So what are the rules of a G Corp compared to a SPAC? The, the, the way we did it is that we leveraged a, a lot of the SPAC features uh, because the SPAC is a good vehicle, but we made a couple of fundamental changes to it, which are very key. The first one, the minimum amount that needs to be invested or raised by a G Corp spec. Typically, uh, the, the minimum is going to be around 30 million. The average is going to be much higher, as I mentioned. But for the G Corp, the minimum is 2 million. And again, the averages I expect to be higher, but the minimum is 2 million. So it gives that flexibility of, of raising smaller amounts that you can then tune on the basis of the kinds of targets that you want to go after uh, with your uh, G Corp strategy. The second element that is uh, key, and that is less in, probably in comparison with the spec because the spec would be the same, but if you do a transaction with a G Corp, the resulting issuer cannot be a venture company. It has to be a non-venture company, a senior company, which complies with key standards with respect to governance, with respect to financial controls, with respect to financial reporting. They need to be of a size that can be listed on NEO, on the non-venture or senior exchange. And that's important because that gives you a level of comfort that the company is, is going to be set up in a qualityful way. Because a lot of venture companies don't have all of those uh, features that I mentioned. And that means that you expose yourself to much bigger risk, which is the nature of venture companies, of course, but you don't have uh, governance requirements. You don't have financial control requirements like you would have for senior companies. So that is two. Number three, 
and a very important one and a very valuable one. We got a lot of very positive feedback on that. But if you invest uh, money in a spec, you have what is called a redemption right. So when the transaction is announced by the, the founders and the sponsors and they say, we want to do this merger or this acquisition, then the investors have a right to redeem. They can pull out, they can pull their money out. And that can be very painful. And it happens regularly. What I mentioned earlier, those big P private equity funds, they look at specs a bit as a vehicle that gives them a first look at an opportunity. And then if they don't like it or it doesn't fit in their strategy anymore, they pull out the money. And then the sponsors need to, to manage that. And they manage it with private placement, trying to have liquidity in the security, but it creates complexity, uncertainty that no one likes. With the G-Corp, we eliminated that. In the G-Corp, there's no possibility for the investors to redeem, but we compensated it with something else. The transaction has to be approved by a majority of the shareholders. So you have a different protection mechanism that has been put in place, shareholder approval, but you eliminate that redemption right. If you want to do a transaction that you need more money, you can already go to other investors, do a parallel private placements and say, and I already have 10 million that is available. So that is something that, that people like because it, it adds a, a high level of certainty in the entire process of leveraging the, the G-Corp for a transaction. The other features are very much like the spec. The many of the investors goes in escrow. You have 24 months to make a deal. If you don't have a deal in 24 months, the money goes back. You got lots of flexibility in how you structure the deal. You can work with warrants, you can work with rights. So lots of flexibility over there. But all the features that make a spec vehicle, a quality vehicle, are included in the G-Corp. And then we customized it to really zoom in on that mid-market growth segment that, that I mentioned earlier, enabling that capitalization of those kinds of companies. I've been told that the SPAC has a few rules, that 24-month rule, but also the fact that uh, a SPAC cannot know in advance the target company that they're going to merge with. Do we have the same rule with uh, a G-Corp? Yeah, you have similar uh, rules uh, here from that perspective. So you cannot have a transaction defined with another company. You can have some thoughts on what you want to do and what your ideas are, uh, of course, but you cannot have something in place or something defined or established as this is a transaction I'm going to do. So that is an element that is uh, there with the specs and that also applies to the, uh, the G-Corps. So you mentioned that the minimum investment to start a G-Corp is $2 million. That's the minimum. Well, compared to a SPAC, that is $30 million. How can the general public start G-Corp? Do they have to call somebody or do they have to file some, some requirements? Yeah, the, the G-Corp, like the spec, you have to do a prospectus. You're going to need to have a, a banker that's going to be involved that is going to help with the race. You're going to need a, a lawyer, of course, that's going to help you with the prospectus. And then it needs to go through the process. Where I think the access is, as I mentioned earlier, like you're going to see the bankers focusing much more on a wider community of investors. Like with the specs, it's very narrow, large institutionals, hedge funds, larger hedge funds, private equity firms. Here, these targets are going to be less interested because the size is going to be too small. So the bankers are automatically going to start looking at more of the general public. We're thinking, we have, we're having some ideas. We have not yet totally 
uh, formalize those, but how we could even open it up to the standard retail investors at a very early stage in the transaction. So you don't have to wait until it's listed to then buy it, but maybe give them the opportunity also to participate uh, during the formation phase of that uh, GCOP. That is not finalized yet. It's something we're looking at, we're thinking about, just to give more people the, the opportunity to participate or make opportunities available that are usually limited to, to, to the very few. I, I think it's very important that you give people access to, to interesting opportunities of that nature. And, and that's an important part of what we do. In the SPAC world, the investment banks are bringing those to the public, but there's also a lot of consulting companies who helps the sponsor to create a SPAC. Are there any in Canada that's going to help uh, people to create a G-Corp? Yeah, so you typically have three key firms that play a role in, in setting up a SPAC or setting up a G-Corp. So we talked about the banker. The second party that's important is the is a law firm. So they're going to help with uh, the, the prospectus and all uh, legal matters. And then you have the audit firm, the audit firm that is going to confirm and audit the financials. So those are the three parties that are involved in the process of setting up uh, the spec. If you then look at identifying transactions, identifying private companies that could be uh, targets for a GCOP, uh, I think there's going to be a very important role, of course, being played by the, the, the founders, the sponsors. The, the, the quality of that team is very critical. And that is something, by the way, that we review and we pay a lot of attention to because they have experience, but they also have a network, and a network of opportunities and people that they know. So they're going to play an important role in identifying targets, which is advisory firms that will potentially bring opportunities to the sponsors and, and present them to, uh, to them. So we've seen a couple of uh, consulting firms and, and real consulting firms in the types of PwC, and I'm not talking about the audit arm now, but who know private companies, who work with private companies, and who see that those companies are looking at raising capital, are looking at growing, and then will do introductions. So you have an ecosystem that builds around it of advisors who have a network of companies they work with, and they will then try to establish that relationship with the sponsors of the spec so that they can do a review and assess if if it's something that they would be interested in from a neo perspective we will make all the g corps and, and specs visible on our website so people know what kind of teams that they are focusing on so that companies can also reach out themselves directly i think it's it's important that we create a lot of awareness around those vehicles and that we do some and help with some of the matching but there's an ecosystem that's quite efficient that already with the AMP, Alpha Merger Protocols, Dr. Back and Alpha Experts will be advising and helping companies and startups to join the big leagues, aka the stock market. It is the dream of most entrepreneurs to see their company traded in the stock market and to have access to the necessary resources to grow their company and vision. Through SPAC, special purchase acquisition companies, which have the favor of Wall Street and of the investment community, Dr. Back and experts of the Alphas will be prepping companies to successfully merge with a SPAC. In other words, to be traded on Wall Street. The mandates are on a one-on-one -on -one basis. More and more experts and Alphas of the financial world are joining in for this particular purpose. If you have a company and are looking for the ultimate evolution, if you are a startup in the era of digitalization and are looking at huge market and still looking for capital, reach out. You are the next big thing.
We are helping you to acquire the funds to make it so. Hundreds of billion of dollars are waiting to be invested as we speak. Welcome to the Alphas. You said that a SPAC is way bigger than a G Corp. So the SPAC is aiming usually at companies from half a billion to more than a billion. In the G Corp, what is the target size of a company that has to be acquired? As I said, I, I think you're going to see it between 50 million and, and 500 million. I think that is where you're going to see the, the, the targets. If, if you look at the amount of, of capital in one of those vehicles, whether it's a SPAC or a G Corp, Typically, the, the money that is there allows you to make a transaction that is maybe between four and six times that size. So if you have 10 million, you may be looking at a 50, 60 million company. If you have 30 million, you're probably looking at, at a company in the range of 250. But what is interesting to know when you do your transaction and when you make your move and, and, and you do that merger where capital is going to be an important component because there's going to be, there's a need to inject additional capital and then there's this lengthy discussions as you can imagine around ownership but you can accompany the money that's in the g corp with a private placement like most specs typically come with a private placement you have so much money available but then you raise additional money as part of that transaction and then you create an even bigger capital pool that allows you to make then bigger transactions what are the fees that we have to look at to start a g corp i know that in a spec world we're talking about more or less six to seven million per hundred million raise. What is the same equivalent in the G Corp? It's very important what you say because it's important for people to understand that there's two components of capital in the G Corp and in a spec for that matter. You got the capital at risk, which is the capital that is put in by the, the sponsors, and that capital can all disappear during the life cycle of the G Corp if no transactions comes out of it. And then you got the, the capital that's invested by the investors, which goes into escrow, as I mentioned earlier, and which is protected. How much do you need to set up a, a G Corp? You have to look again at, at the various components that are part of it. Uh, it's going to be uh, legal, banking fees, and, and audit fees. But the banking fees, what is interesting, you only pay 50% at the beginning and 50% at the end. So that's the typical standard that's applied. So the bankers don't get all the money at the raise of the capital. They only get 50%, the remaining 50% when there's an effective transaction taking place. So some of that money, if you want, is at risk also. If I would put a figure on it, I would probably say that it's going to be somewhere between five and six hundred thousand uh, dollars to do a G Corp. And I don't think you need to apply a ratio of for every uh, hundred million, you need to add a six, seven million. That figure is much more driven probably by the banking fees, that kind of ratio. Here, with the amounts we're talking about, the work it needs to be done by the lawyer and, and, and the other. I, I think six, uh, $700,000 is probably the capital at risk that the founders need to invest or the, the sponsors need to invest. And this is no matter the size of the G Corp? It's, we're talking about more or less uh, five to six hundred. Yeah, you, you you're gonna have a little bit of variation, of course, with the banker fees. Like, what do bankers charge? With again, it's variable. There's no fixed fee, but you can probably say it's somewhere between six and and seven percent of the capital raised, and and then they often ask some warrants also for a similar amount. 
But when you look at that uh, percentage, think about 6% on a million is... Uh, is 60,000. So if you do, and you pay only 50% at the beginning, so from a capital at risk perspective, so you talk about 30,000. So if you do 10 million, it's 300,000. And and I think that if you look at the legal work and the audit work, it's going to be in that same order of uh, of magnitude. So yes, if, if you look at, at the 20 million, it becomes 600,000, but you stay in those same orders of magnitude. You're not talking about 10 million or 5 million, you're going to talk about figures that are going to range in the five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. That's a bit where you're going to be, uh, where you're going to be at. So I think it's a good way to think about it. If you do one of 10, which I could see as the average size, if you do a G Corp of, of, of 10, you're probably looking at a good uh, six, seven hundred thousand dollars. This is much more affordable. <laughs> oh, it is. To, uh, because we talk about the rules with for the SPAC, the sponsors of a SPAC will keep 20% of the new merged company. Is it the yeah. same with the G Corp? Yeah, the 20% rule it can be less like they decide, but 20% is the maximum that they can have. This is very interesting. People know about SPAC. This is an easy way. I, I think so. And I think it's, as I said earlier, it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of, of people. Like we talked earlier a little bit about the entire medical space. So there's a lot of initiatives in, in that space, lots of new, new ideas. The pandemic, as I always say, comes with a little bit of a silver lining. It has accelerated our world. I think uh, we probably accelerated from a technological development with about 10 years. I think we're 10 years ahead of time because there's been a lot of focus on, on, on new technologies, on research and, and, and on new types of, of solutions. I think that there's a lot of, of companies out there and opportunities out there that are in that smaller, mid-size growth area and that could be very interested. And I think that if you have some individuals with capital and it doesn't have to be, uh, to your point, uh, millions, but uh, if you can put with a few people uh, between half a million and a million on the table, uh, you can launch a spec and, and you have some some uh, initial uh, capital itself that is going to attract uh, other investors. It's fairly easy to set up. And I think there's tremendous opportunity out there to do it uh, right now. We're in a good period, in a good market where there's a lot happening. And Canada, by the way, that's what I said. That's what I mean when I say it's a land of opportunities. I think... We have a great education system in Canada. We have lots of innovators in Canada. But we are not successful at turning that uh, innovation and that quality of research into successful companies. We're not good at that. And and I think it has to do with that, that capital gap that I mentioned earlier. Again, finding the initial seed funding is not that complex. You're talking about small amounts, 300,000, 400,000, uh, maybe up, up to a million. But then you start to need to find other capital. And, and that's where the issue is. And I think this is a great vehicle to enable it. I think it, it's attractive for sponsors. You want it to be attractive for sponsors. So what we are is a chance to keep the independence of this profession. The reason why we can take this drive and lead the change is because for one, we understand that this is more than just profit. This is a society in rebuild. This has more implication than just taking market share, banking on profit and propriety. This is about creating a root, a deeper root with the organization, a deeper root with the community, and this is also why 
we have made sure that all our partners will be happy. And between you and I, we're saying that after 10 years, they're free to go. We are that confident that nobody will like to leave Index unless they have personal reason that they have to move and change country. For people who will be changing cities inside of uh, the same country, we are thinking that this can be an easy swap. You swap in your share of MDEX on one side, and then we swap that back on the other side where you want to practice. It will take you maybe a few months to readjust, but you're not building back from scratch. To all the dentists partnering up with us, you have a partner, it's just like renting a car. Of course, if you just want them to cut your contract, you will have some penalties to face, but you're not alone. To the bankers looking at us and the people who are lending in the money, you know that a dentist can have ups and downs. We never know what life will bring. But unless there's another COVID pause like this one, it is very unlikely that the whole industry will just stop. And this is what we are, the foundation of an industry. Hey, welcome to the office. I'm Dr. Back. I'm in the heart of Toronto. As you can see, uh, it's a ghost town. Not ghosts, because there's still some people walking around, but this is not the Toronto that we know. This is not what we expect from the Queen City. COVID has changed drastically our way of living our expectation, and the way that we see life. So I'm doing this series and I'm traveling legally and safely uh, throughout the country to just try to have the pulse of a country. Of the trend that are lying under the fear, under our reaction, uh, under the, the depression of COVID. COVID economics will be covering what if this trend continues. And from the bottom of my heart, I just wish that I'll be proven wrong. It's the first time I write a book addressing something else than positivity. This one will be addressing uh, possibilities. Help me to reverse those trends that are starting, trends that might change the future and life as we know. This is not just about us, it is mainly about our children and what kind of society they will grow into. I'll be asking for friends and uh, smart people to pitch in. Hopefully they'll be joining in. It's about our hope for the future, and especially for the next generation.
you at home if you have any ideas, perspective to share, please write to me. Curve Economics, and Roger Back, welcome to the office. not enormous amounts and there's a big market of opportunities out there. I hope we're going to see a lot of, of take up from inside Canada, from outside of Canada. And I hope even more, we're going to see a lot of good companies coming out of it and, and, and building a bit of a stronger economic backbone to, uh, to Canada, because it's horrible when you see good companies leaving and go to the US because it's easier to find capital over there. Um. I mentioned before the interview that the, the medical space has been kind of uh, under pressure after COVID to upgrade to the new technologies. This has been projected by 2025, telehealth yeah. as a global industry will reach 2000 billion. And this is in four years from now. So how can G Corp take action into that space? If you look at uh, telehealth, there's a lot going on in that space. Uh, you've seen some companies uh, going public or announcing go publics, but there's many more out there, good companies that are looking at coming with new and different uh, solutions. And I think what is holding those companies back is capital and also expertise, because I put a lot of the, the, the blame on not being able to transform our innovation here in Canada in, in good companies on capital, but we also have uh, a shortage on certain types of skills. Overall managerial skills uh, to run a company are missing in Canada. Marketing skills are missing in Canada. And the good people, again, tend to go to the south. I think what the G-Corp brings is its capital, experience, and, and expertise. And it brings it at a size that fits to those earlier stage growth companies. And when I say earlier stage, I, I really mean by that in comparison with the very big ones that the specs go after. Often also growth companies, even if the size is, 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 is in excess of a billion, Virgin Galactic uh, between us is a growth company. Tesla is a growth company. Like uh, th those companies are not yet value companies or companies that are generating the, the, the revenue that they should be generating to be uh, long-term sustainable companies. That is what the, the G-Corp brings. It brings that capital, it brings that experience and that expertise that can then be injected in many of those companies, if you want, from COVID. And, and that are now, they have great ideas, but they don't have the capital to, to execute, to grow their client base, to start really monetizing the, the offerings that they have developed. So just to be clear, let's say that we have people that have great ideas to implement new technology in this market, and they have no income yet. They are startup. Are those companies a good target for a G Corp? You need a certain base. Do you need to be a growth company? It's not necessarily a company that is cash flow positive or it's not necessarily a company that is uh, profitable. It, a growth company is a company that represents a lot of potential. So I think what is very important that is that you need more than an idea. Like uh, if what you have is an idea, we're talking about seed capital and we're talking about earlier stages in the life cycle of a company. I think you are looking at companies here that have a product or a service 
that has demonstrated success, that has an early client base, but not a client base that is adequate to give it the long-term sustainability. And that is now looking at how am I going to grow that? How am I going to create more awareness around this company? How am I going to acquire more customers? How am I going to scale my company? That is always very important in, in the growth stages. How do I scale my company? Because I can do something with the three people for, uh, for 100 clients, but it becomes something very different if I need to do it for 10,000 clients. Don't come with an ID. The G Corp is not going to be interested in an ID. It's not going to be interested in a concept. That is not where you're going to find the capital, but come with products and services that are well-defined, that have demonstrated that uh, they, they work, that uh, have client uptake, and then you want to scale that. You want to grow it. You want to monetize it. That is where the G Corp, in my eyes, uh, will kick in. Oh yeah, all the figures I talk about is Canadian dollars. So it's even more affordable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. You can you can apply the uh, the forex rate uh, to it, but no, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I have last one sophisticated question. They were looking at, at the G Corp as a transition for a company to go from private to a G Corp and then from a G Corp to a SPAC. Listening to what we just talked about. When you are a G Corp, you are a public trade company. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. you don't, so you don't have access to do You don't go to a SPAC after that. You don't go to a SPAC. A G Corp is a way to go public, just like a SPAC is a way to go public. And I think you will use either one versus the other one, depending on the size of the enterprise value of the target company, that your private company that you're looking at. But no, if you go public with a G Corp, you're public. There's no SPAC needed anymore. Josh, it's been so refreshing to hear Canadian entrepreneurship take the lead on this. And as you said, that this might fix Canada as a growth industry, as an incubator of we have great people, we have great ideas, but it's always stopped at a point. You just broke the glass ceiling here. Let's hope so. Let's keep uh, fingers crossed. What I'm very excited about, as you can imagine, is to to see the first ones going public uh, rapidly, and then the proof is going to be in the pudding. And that is uh, see a couple of good transactions coming out of it. And once we, we manage to demonstrate some good quality transactions in that mid-market growth range, then I think you're right. Uh, we're going to see a lot happening. We're going to see a lot of opportunities becoming reality out of this. As much as, as specs are, are great vehicles, I think that in the Canadian context, G-Corps will have a bigger impact than specs just because they are enabling that entire big mid-market segment that is really craving for, for capital experience and expertise to unlock to good companies. You hear this? The G Corp is coming. I think this is going to be bigger than G Force. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <I> hope so. <laughs> So the Neo Exchange, that's going to be the place to be, to meet, to grow. And I think that's going to be the crossroad of entrepreneurship in Canada and of the financial world. You've been so kind with your time, but usually I ask all my guests with a last question. What are your hopes for the future? I would say truly uh, unlocking the, the Canadian capital markets and taking it 
to a different level of quality and level of quality that it deserves because it, it has lots of skills, a lot of capabilities, a lot of depth. What I see is that the exchanges in Canada have not taken up their responsibility in making sure that this is a efficient, successful uh, market that is really uh, enabling success of investors and enabling success of companies and, and capital raises. So what I hope is that with NEO, we can bring some fundamental change to that, that we can give people a better experience and, and also ultimately much more confidence and faith in the market because uh, capital markets work when people believe in it when people are standing behind it, because it's money that moves around. It's money that you and I have to be willing to invest to enable companies to, uh, to, to be successful. And I hope that we can take Canada to, to a next level. I think work has been done and, and that is why NEO has been ultimately uh, created. And that we're gonna see more good quality companies uh, that go public. And, and it's not a numbers game. Like I, people always ask me, how many listings do you want to have? And I say, it's not about thousands of listings. I prefer 500 good listings, successful companies, because that's going to add much more to the economy, to the investors uh, and to our capital markets than 2000, where 1900 should probably not be publicly listed. Josh, Mr. Schmidt, what is the next step let's say that we have people on the line here they want to join in how can they start growing the ball the key point is one of course you need to make sure that you have some some accounts available that you open an account with a dealer that's going to give you access to the opportunity to invest in those vehicles number two express your interest in those vehicles. I think that is important so that when a race is being done, that, that people also come to you when they do that race. And three, keep an eye on, on our announcements. So you're gonna see them being announced on a regular basis. And uh, I think what you wanna look at is uh, one, have that opportunity, of course, to invest at the early stage. But then you also have the opportunity, once it's publicly traded, of course, to acquire shares and, and participate uh, into it. If you want to launch one yourself, if that is the idea that you are uh, toying with, then I think it's very important to find uh, a banker and a lawyer. You will get, uh, of course, attention if you can demonstrate the ability to bring some initial capital together yourself. I think that is a base, like you, you want to show that you have a group of people and, and some capital behind you, and then the banker can help you with raising the additional amount that you need. And people who are interested and serious about that, they can always contact us. We can put them in touch with the lawyers and bankers with relevant experience. Wow. I think that we can talk for hours and hours because Changing the landscape entrepreneurship in Canada. This is exciting. <laughs> it is. It is. That's why I'm, I'm wearing my, my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> to be the change. Be the change. Josh, I hope that this is just the starting of a friendship between you and the audience, between you and us. Let's hope that dream of yours to change the landscape of entrepreneurship in Canada will become something greater than the G-Force. <laughs> I, I truly hope so. And I, I think it's a great opportunity to, uh, to talk with you and, and, and spread, as they say, the word and looking forward to absolutely stay in, in touch. And 
people should never hesitate. If they have questions, they'll go, I'm sure, through, through you. You can put them forward uh, to me. We'll make sure we'll always get back. It's education and, and, and awareness is, is critical. And there's a lot of things in the capital markets that people don't really understand, don't really have the opportunity to ask questions about, consider it as a source, and never hesitate to reach out. So you heard it, the G Corp. Write that down. That's your way in. If you have a company you want to bring public, you heard about the SPAC and you want to know how to have your own. This is something that is way more accessible in Canadian dollar. And write that down. The new exchange. That's the place to be. I am Dr. Back. Welcome. I'm living right here now and I don't want to miss out. Is this what life's all about? The world is calling and I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening I feel the freedom inside Come on, let's go for a ride I finally opened my eyes And I can see it so clearly So clearly Life is but a dream Isn't it amazing?
now.